gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, for it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You've been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have more will be given, and they will have an abundance. <clears throat> but from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. <clears throat> Dear friends in Christ, grace to you and peace. During the past couple weeks, I've found myself thinking often about the shortness and uncertainty of human life. It is so mind-numbing to think of the ongoing struggle in Ukraine and now the horrible violence in Palestine. In our second reading this morning, Paul is talking about the coming of the Lord in glory, the parousia. He says, now concerning the times and seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anything written to you, for you yourself know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there will be no escape. Jesus will return in glory at an unexpected time. There's so much fear and trouble in our present moment in time 
that many feel the Lord's return could be imminent, as Pastor Sanarud mentioned last week in his message. But this principle of uncertainty also applies to our individual lives. We have no way of knowing how much time we have been allotted. We may still be living when Jesus returns in glory. That would surely be awesome. And then again, we may not wake up tomorrow. When I think about the shortness and uncertainty of human life, especially at times like this when we keep hearing about so much human suffering, I also find myself thinking about the dash. You know what I mean? Like the park in Alaska. Between the date you were born and the date of death is the dash. What you put into the dash makes all the difference. It seems to me that both the gospel lesson and the reading from 1 Thessalonians are about what we do with the time we have to live. The Apostle Paul, writing to his dear friends in Thessalonica, helps them resolve the uncertainty of life. We are privileged to be able to hear his words almost 2,000 years later and realize that because he was inspired by the Holy Spirit, Paul's words speak to our needs as well. Paul gives us something we can be sure of, the promises of God. God's word can give us the power to fill our dash, the life we have been given to live with light. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 to 10, Paul gives us a promise upon which we can base our lives. The certainty that God's word brings to each of us imparts the courage we need to be the people God would have us to be. <coughs> Paul writes, God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that we may live with him. Clearly, Paul is talking about living with Jesus now, in this moment, as well as in eternity. Those who follow Jesus, who walk with him, are walking in the light. And so Paul can say, but you, beloved, are not in darkness for that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of light and children of the day. By God's grace, we've been given the gift of salvation. That will have an influence on how we live because the light of God's love is poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Paul compares the life of faith to clothes we wear. For instance, if you saw someone wearing red and white striped overalls, especially in Madison, you would be safe in guessing that you were looking at a Badger fan. So when, all God's, when God's people live on the basis of the promises of God's word, we will be noticeable. Paul says, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. More than clothing, what Paul is talking about here is defensive armor that will protect God's people from all evil. Faith, hope, and love, solid joys and lasting treasure characterize the Christian life. Living for Jesus is the way to make that dash, the time we were given on this earth, truly meaningful. And so it seems to me that the lesson from 1 Thessalonians can help us to interpret today's gospel reading. In some ways, the story of Jesus tells about, in some ways, the story of Jesus tells about the master who entrusts his 
slaves with a portion of his wealth, it seems pretty simple. I think most would understand it to mean that we should use what God entrusts to us for the glory of God and for the benefit of our neighbor. Many would think of the three T's, time, talent, and treasure, as defining what we have to invest, and that is certainly true. But I think there's more, I think there's even more. Jesus is talking about considerable sums here. Even one talent, by fairly conservative estimates, would be worth in the neighborhood of $350,000. Five talents would add up to around $1,750,000. The point isn't so much about money as value. God's servants are entrusted with something of tremendous value. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul says, think of us in this way, as servants of Christ and stewards of God's mysteries. Of course, that makes us wonder what Paul means by mysteries. He writes in 1 Timothy 3.16, without any doubt, the mystery of our religion is great. He was revealed in flesh, vindicated in spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the Gentiles, believed in throughout the world, taken up in glory. So you could say that the mystery of our faith, what no human could ever imagine or guess, is that God would send the Son of God to be our Savior. And what is truly amazing is that the riches of God's grace have been extended to you and me. Our faith is a treasure. It connects us to Jesus. We invest this treasure when we allow Christ to work through us for the sake of our neighbor. We've been entrusted with this great treasure and clearly God wants us to use the treasure and watch it grow. In the lesson from Thessalonians, Paul says we are able to live as children of the light because we trust the promises the promise that God has destined us not for wrath, but for salvation, living with Jesus. Once again, think of the mystery of our faith. God sent his son to be our savior. This salvation is a free gift. What does that tell us about God? I believe it tells us that God's mercy is abundant and overflowing, and that God's generosity knows no limits. If we keep in mind that God has loved us with an infinite love, we should be able to avoid falling into the trap that caught the third slave. Rather than use the treasure entrusted to him, he hid it away. He hid it because he had a false idea about the nature of his master. He thought his master was greedy and mean-spirited. Mean in the same way, how we think of God will influence how we live our lives. I would like the dash in my case and in yours to be filled with faith, hope, and love, the riches of God's grace poured out abundantly on God's people. Put your trust in God's word. As a favorite passage from Ephesians puts it, 
God, who was rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Share the good news. Share it abundantly. Amen.